This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Manga. And I'm Luke Elvides Meublé. And our topic this week is... Today is another special episode. It's two, the second one in a row. It's nice. Today, we'll talk about The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And since I'm a big noob in Zelda, I think Yannick, you have a, a bit of experience with uh, some of the games. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. But we have a special guest. We tease it on Twitter. Tony Thibault is here uh, with us. And he will be able to talk about Zelda in Great Land. Cool. But I think before we start, I think we have some follow-up. As usual, we cannot skip follow-up. Never, never. Even if we have a special guest. Of course. So uh, I'll start off. Uh, on episode 48, we were talking about the history of Apple's video editor software. And I mentioned how the original pitch for one of the big iMovie updates that was very controversial was an application called First Cut, which was a counterpart to Final Cut that would let you ingest footage and edit together a rough cut really quickly. And I thought this idea was super fantastic, and I was wondering why there are not more apps like this out there. And it turns out that Adobe has one. Have you heard of Adobe Prelude before? Uh, not at all. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but apparently it exists. Uh, its UI is absolutely disgusting because it's made by <laughs> Adobe, but it looks pretty powerful, and it looks... Uh, comparable to what you can do in iMovie if it was designed by someone who really likes everything to feel like a shitty Flash app. Um, so that is a thing. So uh, I wanted to bring it up. Uh, next so up on... wait, but it's an iOS app or it's a, uh, like no, a desktop app? it's a Mac app. It's part huh. of Creative Cloud. Uh, and I mean, it's supposed to be like the sequel to another app, which I think was called Adobe On Connect or something before, which only did uh, direct capture from digital cameras. Uh, but now you can use it to actually edit together a rough version and then export to Premiere and work there. So it's very similar to how iMovie was conceived at Apple, which is interesting. Uh, next up, episode 57, uh, I talked about Mac automation technologies and how the automation technologies team got laid off before the holidays. And this week, something crazy happened. Apple acquired Workflow, which is the flagship app for automation on iOS. Um... Apple's statement on the acquisition is very strange because they talk a lot about how Workflow was a first-class citizen with regards to the accessibility APIs on iOS, which is very strange. And uh, Michael Tsai has sort of wondered publicly whether they're actually interested in strengthening automation technologies on iOS or if they were brought on board because they're masters of the accessibility APIs, which I, I'm very worried about that possibility. Um, but I hope that they get to do amazing things at Apple. Did you watch the ADAs uh, in 2015 when they won the ADAs by Apple? I never watched the ADAs. Okay, so uh, this was the year that I was at WWDC and I was there when it happened. And... The presentation was made by one of uh, the accessibility engineer at Apple. And if I recall correctly, that engineer is, uh, is, uh, non-voyant. So he, uh, was able to do demo live, which is amazing because we all know that demo lives can be, uh, super risky, but he was demoing using the voiceover of uh, workflows and it was just amazing. And you saw the reason why they won their idea. It was really because of voiceover. So I'm not surprised that Apple is bragging about that, but yes, it is a bit worrying about all of the automation automation features of workflow. But who knows, maybe they will be able to uh, change some opinions and uh, preconception of automation by being inside of Apple nowadays. 
I hope so. Uh, last but not least for my follow-up, on episode 58, Picardie talked about buying a GoPro, and he mentioned uh, one of their video editing apps called Splice. And during the show, I was looking at the screenshots, and I mentioned on the episode that I wanted to try to use the video editor for my YouTube videos on Wonderswan games. And it didn't really turn out that well, because... When I do videos for YouTube, I record the voiceover separately from the actual footage that I get from video games, and I edit it separately, so I need a way to import that audio into my video editor. And unfortunately, Splice is limited to three different things. You can get it from a built-in library of uh, provided audio and music. Uh, you can import from your iTunes library, or you can record directly in the app. But there is absolutely no way to import just a random audio file from another application or from iCloud Drive or anything like that uh, into Splice, which means I basically deleted the app exactly when I realized that, and I went along. And right now I'm using uh, Pinnacle Pro on the iPad to do my videos. It is still buggy in a similar way to how iMovie is buggy for me, which is unfortunate. However, it is much easier to work around the bug in Pinnacle Pro than it is in iMovie, and the results are largely comparable right now. So for now, that is what I'm doing. My adventures in video editing on iOS will continue, and hopefully somebody will make a great app that does exactly what I want. But until then, I will stick with Pinnacle Pro. Good. And while we are on the topic of my GoPro episode, I also want to talk about something that didn't touch during my GoPro episode, and it's related to something that happened with GoPro recently. Uh, throughout 2016, uh, GoPro uh, got a bit uh, unlucky, and were about to were forced us to reduce their workforce. And sadly, they had to do the same again uh, last week. And I'll put the link in the, uh, from The Verge where. They are reporting that GoPro eliminated at almost 300 jobs uh, as of last week. So it is super sad to see uh, GoPro uh, being forced to uh, resize themselves a bit. Uh, and I do hope that they will still be able to stay in business and make those amazing uh, cameras. From what I've heard, I've read a bit on the web, it seems that their uh, kind of a production house Trade, uh, payoff didn't pay off in the end and they had to reduce the kind of a in-house media production part of the company and that's why we see a lot of layoffs so hopefully they will be able to stay in business and make amazing cameras in the future and maybe uh, reconsider that plan that they used to have to be to promote media that was that were made using their hardware before we start on the today's uh, topic, uh, we, I want to have a couple of, of follow-ups regarding our last episode that was on Urionize. I think it's something I mentioned, uh, but if I did not, for, I did not. I know Yannick and I spoke a lot about the dog part of the anime, and this week I finally received some uh, Urionize merch that I've uh, ordered on Crunchyroll, and it's a cute case. And some people uh, don't like that case, but uh, we'll uh, put that aside. And it's a cute case of the poodle in a Yuri on Ice. And from what I've I realized, while oh, I did mention that, so while rewatching the anime, I realized that the case I ordered is the exact same case that Yuri has on his uh, fake iPhone. And last but not least, um, I hope uh, you enjoy our special episode about Yuri, and you'll realize that we added. Uh, 
chapters to help you skip or just go to the spoiler section or just skip the spoiler section. Also, the pictures uh, using the artwork were taken by Yannick while he was in Japan. And I think uh, you can comment on you are super happy to use them because you knew that we might do a Yuri on Ice episode. So they are now used and uh, I'll thank you to take these pictures. No problem. Good. So I guess we'll come into their topic. So um, I think for the last three, two or three weeks since the game has been released, um, I don't have any boyfriend anymore because uh, Tony is only playing uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild every time he's back home and not at work. And to the moment where when we went back uh, in our hometown last weekend, he had to move his Wii U to make sure he could play a bit. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so maybe before we start talking a bit about uh, the Zelda topic, I will gladly uh, introduce Tony, which is uh, who's sitting in front of me. Hi, everyone. So, uh, Tony, can you give us maybe a little summary of you and especially... Uh, as a Zelda fan, uh, first of all, I'm a big geek of a uh, huge geek of maybe everything that has to do with Nintendo. I don't play anything else than uh, Legend of Zelda or Pokemon. Maybe sometimes some of other games from Nintendo, but mainly uh, the Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah, I can say that I'm a huge fan. I even got a tattoo of The Legend of Zelda on my upper back, which I'm very proud of, and I'm thinking of getting other tattoos of uh, from this universe. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, and before we start talking more about the Breath of the Wild, I think it would be interesting to do a roundtable about our previous experience with uh, The Legend of Zelda. And you know what? I think I'll start because mine <laughs> will be the shortest around this current uh, virtual table. Um, the only game I've played is a Majora's Mask 3DS, which uh, was highly suggested by Tuni t- to me. And I don't know what to say exactly about it, though. Um, I've played at least, I think I would say half of it. I don't remember exactly. But uh, I would say it's, I was half of it and I played that like in two weeks, like pretty intensively. I wouldn't say I dislike it, but I would, at the same time, I wouldn't say I will, uh, not that I didn't enjoy it, but you see, I was kind of in a mixed bag, uh, playing it. So for those two weeks, I've played it quite a lot and then something happened, another priority in life happened and then I had to put the game down and never ditch it again. Uh, of course, when I do that with video games, I will always like to sometime go back to them. And I I think uh, that one day I will go back. But I guess at that point, when it will be time for me to go back, I'm sure Tony will suggest me one of the more recent games. Um, and that's mostly it for me. I think the other, all of the other experience that I had with uh, The Legends of Zelda was mostly watching either friends or Tony playing. So, Yannick, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so, my first Zelda game was Link's Awakening Deluxe on the Game Boy. Uh, I know a lot of people don't count the handheld games as real Zelda games, but it's unfortunate because they're the ones that are better than the console ones in more in most cases. Um, I mean, I was... I was looking at the list of the Zelda games uh, before the episode because I didn't think I played that many of them, but it, it turns out I've played seven total. 
Uh, I played Link Link's Awakening Deluxe. I played the original Zelda on the NES to some degree. I played Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, The Wind Waker, and Phantom Hourglass. Uh, although Phantom Hourglass, I got so bored with it that like within two hours of gameplay, I sold it. Um, but I basically won it in a contest, so I didn't. I, I made money off of that more than anything else. Um, and for most of these games, uh, I only played like maybe up to the first dungeon or second. Uh, I'm not very invested in the Zelda series because it's just not for me. Um, the two that really resonated with me were Link's Awakening Deluxe on the Game Boy, which I think people who have an appreciation for messed up shit in Zelda games really like that one. Uh, that one and Majora's are basically seen as like the what the fuck went wrong in this game development cycle to make this game so weird uh, title. Um, and the other one was The Wind Waker because the art style was super unique and I think that it aged better than a lot of other Zelda games uh, graphically. And the Wii U remake sort of demonstrates that to some degree. Uh, but the problem with Wind Waker is near the end of the game, you have to collect a bunch of shit from all the islands. And I was like, no, I don't have time to waste to do this. This is way too boring. And so I stopped there. And I think like right after that is the final uh, dungeon. So I don't think I missed much. I played basically all of the game. Uh, and I, I still have a lot of familiarity with the other games because I like to know what I don't like about the games I don't like. Uh, so, uh, there's this YouTuber, uh, called Matthew Matosis that does these really long Zelda reviews that are like 35 to 40 minute long videos where he breaks down like everything in, uh, the Zelda series, at least the 3D installments of them. And I watched all of those videos, even though like I effectively don't like any of the games except for Wind Waker. Uh, so... I think I have familiarity with the Zelda games, but I do not enjoy them, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think on on that note, it is kind of... Uh, you have me in the middle, uh, where I think I am mostly of neutral thing towards those games. You're more on the side that it, you know that for you, it's not of the, your types of games. And then we'll have Tony, which is on the other extreme, where he is a major fan of those games. And I think you've played, what, all of them or closely all of them. And I'm sure uh, you can maybe comment a bit on all of the games you played then. Uh, well, my experience with The Legend of Zelda started with the very, very first Zelda. That would be the one on the NES. Uh, yes, that's it. Uh, so we had a NES uh, growing up. My mom was playing all of the games. I didn't really know what it was back in this time. And it's like many years later that I realized like, that I was playing The Legend of Zelda back then. So whoa, wait, so she was playing Zelda with you? Yeah, on the NES. Wow. We, we had the golden cassette and we hmm, cartridge nice. and we were playing. Even her, she didn't know what it was. We just had the thing and we were just playing yeah yeah uh i really like like the character and like seeing like those uh like like enemies approaching you throwing things at you and then you would just like throw uh boomerangs or anything just hit them with the sword and like i didn't really know what it was and after a few years i realized that it was the legend of zelda when i played my uh when when I played uh, Ocarina of Time, for me, it's my very first Zelda game. 
and then I fell in love with the universe. And then from this point there, I decided to play all the other games that were out since uh, since then. So at the beginning of the 2000s. Uh, so I played uh, all the games. And then every year when we would have a new game, I would just purchase the game and play it. Good. So I think um, maybe, Yannick, if you have anything else to add, we'll just uh, move to... Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll kind of reuse the formula of last episode. So um, in the first section, I want to be it uh, spoiler-free as most as we can. So we'll go on with a small summary uh, of it. And this time, we will keep the why you should buy this game and play it in the spoiler section because... Uh, by while preparing this show, uh, Tony seems to be on more on the edge of like talking a bit, a lot of uh, why, and you'll see while we'll explain to some of you why we kind of are forced to keep that in the spoiler section. And obviously, we'll have a spoiler section, we'll, which will be a bit like last time. So we'll have a couple of uh, topics which we'll uh, go through. And last but not least, that will be uh, completely separated since both Yannick and Tony had experience with the Switch. I've kind of decided that it would be a good idea to kind of uh, contrast their both experience with uh, the Switch. So Tony, you want to start with a summary of Breath of the Wild? Like, how does the game start and what is it like to play kind of the first two to three hours where we could expect like most people could just grab a YouTube video or just play it? Alright, so first of all, I would like to talk about like how I got the game. Uh, in itself, it's a very interesting story. Uh, I've never went to any EB Games uh, pre-launch event. So I decided that... Or any other like retail store events. Yeah, that's it. So I decided to try my chance and to go. Uh, so this night, me, Luco, and one of my friends, we decided to go and see a movie not too far from there. Uh, the EB game downtown in Montreal and we decided to actually the metro station is right there and we were there at around seven and there were already maybe 100 people waiting in line to for the pre-launch event yeah uh, that, that was a bit strange though yeah. because um, I'm sure Yannick you can comment on that like we used to smaller like those events happened in Trois-Rivières <laughs> which is way smaller than compared to Montreal but I think it was the first time since I moved here that I've seen a huge line of people, right? Like, obviously, for my own and stuff, it would compare stuff to compare it a bit to like when the iPhone gets released, and then you see people queue up uh, in the lines. But it was really the first time that I saw in person one of those events. And I can't really think of other games in recent history that have warranted actually lining up for, like. Usually you think like Halo 2 was a big one uh, that had like really long lines. Um, maybe like Gears of War or something. But like you don't see very many games these days that are such a standout title that you have big lines. And I think that's something that Nintendo can proudly boast about because yeah. their games are so often like top quality People know what to expect from Nintendo, whereas Ubisoft, like, 95% of the time you know exactly what you're getting, so there's no excitement around those games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and this train, uh, this game is very different from the others. Uh, so as I said, I, I've, I, every year I'm waiting for the new game, or every two years I'm waiting for the new game. And uh, for this one, even for myself, like, I was so hyped the second they presented like the very first image or whatever piece of information about this game and I was hooked on from the very first moment. 
and I think, Yannick, you can, uh, if you remember well, uh, I think it was last year when they finally decided to push again uh, the date for uh, for the game. And I was so upset that to <laughs> about this and because I've been waiting for this game my entire like Zelda experience and finally it's here and I'm playing it right now and I'm st- and I still after three weeks almost uh, I still cannot well, two weeks anyway after a while I, I, I can I can't still believe the game how amazing it is I'm still playing and I'm still enjoying it and I'm not even halfway through the story like I'm still at the right beginning of the game yeah and if I can add like every single minute that the game was delayed like you can feel the value of those minutes when yeah. you're playing the game and that's something that i don't think many delayed games actually that's it <laughs> do yeah. because you, you you delay the game like three times and then you still oftentimes get an unfinished product that needs a couple yeah. patches to actually get to the quality that you expect and this is like top quality from the start even though i'm that's not a it. fan of the game like you can see it there are still some problems inside like uh, it's more technical problems than story-wise or anything else. But uh, anyway, we'll get to this point, I think, a little bit later. Yeah, let's come back a bit to the but, summary. Uh, because uh... So, so yeah, the beginning of the game. Uh, so I got the game. I, uh, I waited seven hours and a half in line. Uh, the metro was down. The bus system was down. And I had to take the taxi back home. And then <laughs> uh, I decided just to install the game. Uh, on my Wii U because I got the Wii U version. Uh, so I put the game in and I started the download. It took a while and then I just decided to go to bed. Uh, because uh, at this point, I remember when you arrived, it was like, what, 4 a.m.? Almost 4 a.m. Almost 4 a.m. Yeah. And we're like, I want to install the game. I was like, uh, come back to bed. Come on. And and I just went back to bed. Yeah, so I just, I just installed the game and... Uh, a few days before, I just made space on the game, like on the console itself, and I just moved some of the the other games I had already on the USB key. And I don't know what happened, but the like the Wii U download the game on the USB key. Uh, it was a problem in itself because when I started the game the morning after, uh, after playing maybe for an hour, it crashed. Like like I I could do nothing. Like everything was frozen, and then I could not understand why what was happening so i just uninstalled everything and then i reinstalled the game uh i unplugged the usb key and i installed the game on the console and i didn't really add uh have any problem uh from this point so the game itself uh so i started the game and i waited patiently for it to load because it's quite it's quite long uh to be honest uh i i tried it on the switch uh, if the game is already open on the Switch, it takes two seconds, and you're in the game. As for the Wii U version, it takes a little, it takes a little while before you you get to actually play. Can I just bust in here and say that according to speedrunners of the game, uh, yeah. the Wii U version loads faster than the Switch version, which is very strange to me. But you can save like thirty seconds by playing the Wii U version compared to the Switch version. Okay. Well. Yeah, well. Anyway, I, I, I didn't really play that long with the Switch version. I'm, I I touch it like for five minutes and that's it. So my, my experience is mainly with the, the Wii U version. Uh, so you're thrown in the world right away. So you wake up, there's someone talking to you. Uh, something very unusual for the Zelda games because it's the first time that we have voiceover. 
uh, voice acting inside of the game. I was very, very excited about this, but at the same time, I was totally scared because I was, <laughs> I was so scared that like one of the character would have voice that would get on my nerve. And right from the beginning, Zelda's voice, well, uh, we think it's Zelda's voice anyway. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, uh, yeah, I just blew it up right there. Anyway, so... Uh, That's okay. Well, I think we'll add the horn well, in the post. I think everyone knew it anyway. Uh, and right away, she got on my nerve. Like, she had this accent, whatever. Like, I don't... I, I didn't like it, okay? So you wake up and then she tells you to grab the Sheikah Slate, which is the main tool you're using through the game. And then you open the first two chests and first disappointment is not, Link is not uh, like reaching down the chest and like holding like the, the thing inside of the chest up his head and there's no music. Uh, there's kind of small music, but anyway, it's not as magical as in the other game. Anyway, so you wear the, the new clothes you get and then you go out and then the small piano music starts and then shivers down my spine, <laughs> uh, tears in my eyes and then the game is there like it's just crazy uh and then you have a, a big a big 360 degree view of your surroundings and then you see an old man down the hill remind me i'll stop you there i think what you're describing right it's i think if you watch any videos on any social network about the game that's kind of what you see like you see link on top of a mountain and yeah. then you see all of the world yeah. around it i think those images made they sold the, the game. game. Yes. They sold the game with this. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I know a little bit about all of the Zelda game, but just looking at that, you could see that the world in that game, and I'm sure we'll come back on a bit on that, but the world in that game is just what is selling the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's nature. Like the game is not does not revolve around Link or Zelda or anything else. The game revolves around nature, and I'm going to t to come back a uh, little uh, in a few minutes about this. Well, uh, yeah, in the spoiler zone. <laughs> no, 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 not in the okay, spoiler zone. That's no, okay. No, uh, it's something that everyone knew, uh, know about. Uh, so, as I said, you're standing at the top of a hill, and then you see an old man, and then you just go and see him because it's the first thing. Well, I think Nintendo wants you to go and meet this guy, and the first thing I did, I climbed the mountain right next to me. Uh, well, I was so excited because they, they told that right away from the beginning, you can do whatever you want. So I said, well, I want to do whatever I want and I want to climb the mountain. So that's what I did. Like a few seconds later, I was uh, almost dead because I don't have enough stamina. And and then like just get hurt because he fell down like this small mountain. Uh, so anyway, I decide to follow what they they want me to do. So I pick up like a mushroom there. I pick up a branch over there, uh, some apples in the tree, and then I get to the old man. And then the main story starts. And so he tells you that like 100 years ago, Ganon attacked uh, the kingdom of Hyrule, and then now it's like into disarray. And uh, like everyone standing still standing or waiting for the hero to come back or someone to stand up and finally fight Ganon uh, so this man says that he's been there for a while and he's just roaming around the great plateau which is the first region you have to explore and then he says uh, that's uh, impossible to go out of the great plateau uh, because the there's a cliff around it and you're not strong enough uh, to go down the cliff uh, but 
if you agree to help him, he will give you something in exchange of uh, you helping him. So he set you on a quest. So the first thing he asks you to do is to activate the uh, the tower. So each region has a tower. It works like a little bit of an antenna for the uh, cell phone. Uh, I think this is where they got the idea because, uh, as I said, uh, the, the main tool they use in the game is the Sheikah Slate, which is kind of an iPad or a cell phone. Uh, to be, like it's that's it. Like that's what they wanted to go. Uh, yeah, and with. it's and it. The way it is drawn in the game makes it look like a switch. Yeah. It has kind of the form factor of a switch, but I think it's mostly... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's the gamepad. Like oh, the, the, the main idea was to use the gamepad as the main tool, and you would use the gamepad as a second screen to play the game. Also, you would say more it's more like the Wii U gamepad and less like the Switch. Yes, because it was not planned to be on the Switch. It was planned right. to be on the, on, the, on the Wii U. So the Wii U would be like maybe your uh, the main map, and then you would use the, the, the Wii U gamepad to uh, in front of the TV to go to see further away, or just maybe a quick access to the menu, but that we'll never know because... Never uh, happened, right? It, 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 yeah, that's it. So well, it it happened very briefly. Like if you yeah. go look at the old videos, you can zoom in on the gamepad, and there's a map on the gamepad. Except yeah, that's it. They that's it. just that's... patched all of that stuff out. Yeah, that's it. So they just decided to scrap the idea because it's not possible for the switch to uh, to do the uh, two screen uh, uh, like the same thing that the uh, switch is doing right now. Uh, no, the Wii U, I mean. So anyway, so the guy sets you on a quest, and then he asks you to find the shrines. Uh, well, the first thing is the the uh, the tower. So you go up the tower, you activate it. So the each tower across the land uh, are emerging from the ground, and then uh, so you have a very nice view of the, your surroundings. You see mountains. You see uh, in the distance, you can see actually the Hyrule Castle. You see Den Mountain. You see like all the main landscape. Uh, that everyone is used to see in the Legend of Zelda game. Uh, and then uh, he asks you to uh, to find the shrines. So those shrines uh, uh, were created by a special tribe in the Legend of Zelda lore, uh, which are called the uh, Sheikahs. Uh, so you go in those shrines, and then every time you do a shrine, you get a an orb. And this orb is... You can exchange those orbs against... Uh, different types of um, thing through the story. So mainly st uh, hearts or stamina, ga uh, stamina um, gauge, gauge. I know I don't know how to say gauge. It. Gauge. Thank you. Uh, so after you find like three shrines, you go back to this man, and finally this man will give you the paraglider, which helps you to exit the the main, uh, well, the first region of the area of the of the game. Uh, so that's like how the game starts. Uh, my two or three hours, first hours, uh, were quite interesting uh, because I've been playing all the games, and so far all the games were dead easy. Okay, uh, Breath of the Wild is kind of easy in itself, but it's very different from the other ones. When the creators said that they want to just break the um, break the tradition. Well, they succeed. Like after 15 minutes, you know that it's something totally different, because maybe in the first few hours I died maybe six, seven times, which never happens to me before. Uh, you need to learn 
uh, you, you you need to start uh, trusting your instinct. So you need to look at your surroundings, and then uh, you'll you'll see some evidence there's there's something wrong. But at first, you just don't know. And I'm the kind of gamer that will just go at first and just don't look what's happening around me, and I will just attack, attack, attack. Uh, as for this game, it's more offense before uh, attacking, uh, defense before attacking. Um, so yeah, this game, uh, the first few hours was a little bit frustrating for me, and then I got the hang of it, and right now I can say that uh, the game is kind of easy because I learned to um, learn about my surroundings. I, I saw a really weird snarky tweet on the internet, of course, uh, that said that millennials are like the most obsessed with games where you can die in a variety of ways. <laughs> And I think if you look at, like, Dark Souls and now this Zelda thing and how popular they've become, it's kind of true. Like, people really like games where you can die in crazy ways. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there's a thousand ways to die in this game. Yeah. And, like, stupid way to die. Like, uh, they, like they, there's a, an Easter egg in the... Um... In this game, uh, it's the same. It's the same in every game. So you just hit a, a chicken, and like, yeah, like yeah, you will have a swarm of chicken attacking you. And every time I see a chicken that's stronger than me, I need to hit the chicken up until I get attacked and finally die <laughs> because it's funny to do it. Okay, and I think with that summary, I want to kind of leave the spoiler-free zone. What do you think, Enik? I think uh, Tony is attacking a lot of a uh, subject at once, and you kind of set the the first two or three hours, right? And that, I think at that point I was uh, still with you watching uh, you play, and that's what you see. It's like everything is a bit out of the ordinary, yeah, and you yeah. don't know exactly what to do. And I think we'll do a quick break, do the spoiler on, and we'll be back in the spoiler zone. Like I said last week, if you hear my voice as I speak right now, this is because we are in the spoiler zone. Tum, tum, tum. Yannick should just have put it a small uh, sound, whatever he, want to, he wants to uh, put in that. But uh, now I think we'll want to talk a bit more about uh, the story. And also, I think something we already entered at is all of the differences between the other games. What's super different? And I think we should start on maybe uh, attacking more of the story of the game. All right. Uh, so after maybe 20 hours of gameplay, I decided to finally activate the main story. So what did you do in those <laughs> like 20 uh, first hours? Uh, I explored the world. Uh, after um, deciding to finally start the story, I decided just to activate like uh, well, to find shrines, first of all, and activate uh, the towers I could see from the distance. Uh, I, di I died quite often while uh, in the process. And just before starting the main story, maybe half of my map was completed. Uh, I actually just completed the map uh, like a few days ago. It was quite difficult to do. Some towers are very difficult to access. But it was something like you could do without activating the main kind of uh, oh, storyline. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Some people, some people like, fr right from the beginning, like, if you want to go and beat the, the final bus, you can do it. There's no problem. This The only thing is that Ganon will have 100% of his strength, as if you, if you start doing the main story, you would have to go and defeat the four divine beasts, 
and those four divine beasts are going to uh, like diminish the strength of Ganondorf, uh, not Ganondorf, but just Ganon, Calamity Ganon, uh, to half of his life, and then you can fight him at the end with half of his life. If you choose to actually go and beat the boss right now uh, at the start of the game, right now the world record for the speedrun is 45 minutes. I watched it before <laughs> uh, we recorded this, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's impressive to do because with three hearts only, yeah. like, like, no, no. For me, I have maybe <laughs> 13 right now, and I die quite, a, like, every two seconds. Uh, but it's just me just playing stupidly and not, I'm just attacking, attacking, attacking. Uh, but that's just the way I play, okay? Uh, so after 20 hours, I decided to activate the very first story. Uh, so, um, as I said, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, Easter eggs from other games. So name of places, mountains are named this way. And then it's just like nice touch from past games. Uh, so right away I set my uh, journey towards uh, Twin Peak, which is uh, one of the peaks in the older games. And then as you go through, you go to you get to Kikariko Village, and then you meet Impa, which is the uh, eldest of... Uh, well, she's the chief of the village there. Uh, Kikariko Village is known to be uh, in the lore, folklore of the um, Legend of Zelda. Uh, it's the town, well, the uh, village created by the Sheikas. Sheikas are the uh, protectors of the royal family of Hyrule. And Impa, she's mostly either the guardian, uh, babysitter, whatever you want to call it, of Zelda. But in this game, she's just the chief of the village, and she's old, and she's sitting with the, this crazy Chinese hat with uh, axes uh, suspended from from it. Like, it's it's... It's strange. Uh, and then you talk to her and she says uh, what happened 100 years ago. She said that you are uh, the chosen hero from Zelda. Uh, well, Zelda chose you to become the hero. And you with four other people, well, four other uh, races, um, you were chosen to protect Hyrule from the return of Calamity Ganon. Uh, so we have more uh, four main ra races in um, the game. We have the Gerudo, uh, which is mainly just a tribe of women. Uh, we saw them in uh, Ocarina of Time. They were kind of impressive because they were uh, they were kind of strong and they would kick Link's ass every two seconds. Uh, but in this one, they decided to do something different with them. They are twice as tall as you are, maybe eight foot tall, and they have those hat, those abs like crazy. They are like they have muscles and. Like, they are just crazy Amazon women. Uh, so we have Urbosa, which is the, the champion of uh, the Gerudos. We have uh, Mifa. She is the champion for the Zoras, uh, the, like, semi-human fish tribe. Uh, we have Daruk, which is the uh, champion for the Gorons. Uh, and finally, we have Rivali, uh, who uh, is the champion for the, um, the Ritos, which is a bird-like uh, type of uh, creatures. Uh, so those four people there, those four, whatever you want to call them, uh, they drive or control those four divine beasts, which are robots, I guess. Um, 
it's kind of interesting the way they in, introduce like this kind of technology. Uh, and those four beasts are have names. Uh, the first one is Varuta. Uh, that's an elephant, um, and it's controlled by Mifa. We have uh, the uh, Rudania, which is a lizard controlled by Darug, the Goron, and we have Vamedo, which is a bird controlled by a bird. And finally, we have uh, Vanaburis, uh, which is a camel controlled by um, uh, Urbosa. So the main goal of the game is to uh, control those beasts. Uh, so 100 years ago, um, Ganon t- took control of those beasts. Uh, and then the four champions were trapped inside of those machines, whatever you want to call them. And they were killed inside. And your goal is just to go and take those machines back to the uh, your side, the good side. And finally protect Hyrule. Uh, so as I said, after 19, uh, 20 hours, I decided to start the main quest. I went to see uh, Impa, and then she told me that north of this region there, I would find the Laniru region. Uh, this is where we would find the Zoras, and then you go on the quest, and then I died 10,000 times because I was electrocuted by those uh, lizard, lizolfos, we call them. Uh, and then you have like moblins, bokoblins, all types of uh, creatures that you would meet in the Zelda universe. Uh, and then I took so long to get to the Zora domain, which is the village or city where the Zora lives. And finally, I kind of got bored of the story, so I decided just to stop there. And I, I thought that was, wasn't strong enough to finally start the first dungeon. So I just continue exploring the world, and then after maybe 10-15 hours, I decide to go back to the main story, and I try to to fight the first dungeon, uh, which took me 15 minutes. I was quite I was quite disappointed with the first dungeon. <laughs> Usually it takes you maybe an hour to solve a dungeon. As for this one, like in 15 minutes, I was done, and then I decided to fight the first boss, which is called uh, Water Blight Ganon. Uh, so it's just a part of Calamity Ganon that possessed the uh, robot, elephant robot. And then I died once, twice, <laughs> three times, five times. I sense a theme. Ten times. Yes. And finally, I just decided, okay, fuck off. I'm just going online and try to see how to beat this crap. And then I just, I remembered that like in one of the very, very, very first... Um, uh, trailer we had from uh, actually the very first one, the long one from Breath of the Wild. We see Link on his horse, and then there's a guardian, which is uh, a robot. Also, we see it. We see those uh, creatures everywhere, and then we see Link jumping through the hair, through the air, and just uh, shooting an arrow at him. And those arrows are called ancient arrows. And I just had to find a way to get those arrows through the game. Unfortunately for me, they were situated like at far north of the uh, of the map, and there is a guardian right next to the place to get it. Anyway, it was quite quite difficult. And finally, when I got those uh, arrows, I went back to the dungeon. Three hours, three arrows towards the gu- uh, to towards Waterblight Ganon, and that's it. He was dead. You are tackling a quick point where uh, I think. Part of what I see you play the game is you're not—I uh, would say—I would say not afraid, but 
you don't mind going on the internet or as we are using it as a mic stand right now, buying some companion <laughs> guides for uh, those games. And um, I think that would be, not that would say different, but I, personally, I'm not this way. Like when I play a game, yes, sometimes if I spend like three hours getting stuck, yes, I might go look. But every time I go look, I'm like kind of uh, eating myself a bit. Would you say that it's kind of, you don't care if you do that or what would be kind of your main reason of buying this companion guide uh the first reason why i bought the thing is just because it's zelda something related fair okay <laughs> um second reason the artwork inside and the third reason the freaking shrines okay they're f- very difficult to find uh there's a beeper inside of the thing but i still i didn't uh I still don't know how to use the beeper, whatever they call it, uh, locator. Uh, okay, so, the, so one of your tools that you have is a locator, right? That... Yes, and I don't know how to use it, and I'm too lazy to try to find a solution. So I just, I'm just using, I'm not using the book to know how to fight things or anything. I'm just using it to find the shrines and help me uh, solve them if I spend like maybe an hour or two uh, through it. Um, I don't really mind. I, it doesn't spoil me at all because I'm just... What I love about The Legend of Zelda, it's the story, not the game itself, which is a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love submerging myself inside of this universe by just like dreaming about this, uh, imagining uh, the story or how people would live inside of uh, this type of universe. So that's pretty, that's pretty much why, why I'm playing the game. It's not... It's not for the game itself. It could have been a movie or something like this, and I would passionately love this thing anyway. And it's funny that you mentioned that, that you mostly play it for the stories, because <laughs> a comment that you repeated a lot since the beginning is, in that one, it feels that there's less of a story and it's more freeform. Yeah. How do you, how do you think it affects your, I would say, love and passion of that game compared to the other ones? Uh, I discovered something brand new uh, about the game, uh, and it's a little bit uh, something that I have for Pokemon, which is exploring and finding things. Uh, I that like Pokemon for me, it's the game for this. As for Zelda, it was something else. It was more the story and the universe. Uh, so it's quite a mi- it's I think it's a mix for me between both of them and exploring and just the art style of the game it's just crazy I'm a huge fan of Studio Ghibli and uh, Ghibli whatever you want to say it I'm a huge huge fan of this animation studio and when they said that they wanted to kind of copy or mimic this kind of universe or drawing drawing paintings or anything they got it like and i was sold when i saw the very like the first time we saw the the name of the game uh before seeing it in english i saw the uh japanese version of the the title and it's the exact same thing that the studio would uh do for their uh movies and i was totally in love with the the art style or anything uh the only time i had this type of feeling for zelda game was as yenik said uh, the Wind Waker, which is probably so far... Well, Breath of the Wild is, is beating this game for me, uh, but uh, The Wind Waker is, was and still is one of my favorite Zelda game ever. Uh, this is an awesome game, it's beautiful, and there's something different from everything, there, every other games. 
but Breath of the Wild, as like as I'm going through the story and through the game, it's starting to get something very very special for me. Um, I don't know if you if you can relate to the with this, Yannick. Relate to what exactly? <laughs> uh, I mean, like the art style or anything. I think yeah, you said you mentioned that uh, Wind Waker was a, a, a very uh, yeah. big success for you because of the art style or anything. Do you do you kind of agree that uh, like this one too is as something special, something different? I think it sits somewhere in the middle between like Skyward Sword and Wind Waker with regards yeah. to like how realistic slash artistic it is. Yeah. Um, I still prefer Wind Waker. I think, like, yeah. just looking at a technical level, Wind Waker is always just going to be easier to upscale to higher resolutions just because of the nature of how it is. Whereas mm -hmm. right now, you sort of have, like, this sad situation where, like, the Wii U version is 720p, the Switch version is 900p, and the art style is not cartoony enough for it to actually yeah. be something that will age as well as Wind Waker. So from a technical standpoint, I'm not as much of a fan. I'm, I think the colors are very vivid relative to like the N64 and even like uh, Twilight Princess and all that stuff. So I really dig that. Um, I mean, like, I think it's kind of funny that you mentioned uh, being more into the story than the game, because, like, in my case, it's the complete opposite. Like, I generally disregard story in every video game ever and just think about the actual core game. And in that respect, I think, like, the... I I'm more of an action person than an adventure person, and that's sort of yeah. what turns me off about mm -hmm. uh, Zelda games in general uh, compared to other action RPGs that exist. Yeah. Um... And yeah, and I think that's uh, something that isn't it. Isn't it that when they try to do a different game with the Legend of Zelda, either they just go more on the adventure side, or they just like go full on. This is kind of a story movie video game, and here on that side we have more like of a free world and. Um, Like, you can do whatever you want. And like you mentioned, once you get bored of the main storyline, you can still have uh, fun and also enjoy the game while just doing other things around. Because yeah. um, compared to other other games, it's harder to get arts, for example, right? Because you need to cook your own food. So you just might uh, wander around trying, trying to grab some fruits or mushrooms and then trying to find a recipe because uh, one thing that I really f I found really funny while I was watching you is you were trying to cook something. I don't remember yeah. which mix you were trying to make, but I think we're just like having fun trying to do some mixes yeah. and then it ended up being some... How did how did they call it? Some some kind of... Dubious raw. food? Yes. Dubious <laughs> food and it's like, it's like food porn. They, they they do like if uh, Japanese porn they they will just it's mosaiced out yeah that's it that's it and it's very funny because you can just do whatever you want and on the other hand if you if you get your hands on uh uh um sorry wheat uh wheat sugar and fruit you can create a tart or you can create a uh, a cake with it. So you just really need to use your imagination, but at the same time, your real-life logic to create meals, um, which is very interesting. I actually, uh, when I went to my hometown last week, uh, two weeks ago, uh, as we said, we brought the game with us, and my 
one of my very good friends, she played for maybe an hour or two. Yeah. She didn't do anything else. She just cooked. <laughs> That's true. That's she true. just cooked. Like, she was obsessed and she said, I just want the game to cook. <laughs> and by the way, she she's one of the reasons why I love The Legends of Zelda so much. Uh, we are both huge fans of the series and uh, I knew she would, she would love this aspect of the game because uh, apart from talking about the Legend of Zelda, feminism, or other shit we talk about. We talk about food, and we cook together. So that was very funny and interesting to see her just cook inside of the game. <laughs> she didn't want to do anything else, actually. Uh, unless you want to add other things regarding the story. I think we covered it pretty much. Yeah, the story, yeah. Um, I think we'll maybe go on the typical, uh, what did you like about the game? And obviously, what did you dislike about the game and i think that one may be a bit harder but i think you did mention <laughs> some stuff that yeah. you were like kind of i would say maybe dislike is a strong word but can be like eh, it's i don't like that yeah uh, i think yannick did mention uh, a lot of people mentioning on the internet that yeah sometimes the visual quality is not what it should be or what but but, but that's just nintendo consoles in general yeah. <laughs> that's yes. not the game yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, maybe if we start with stuff you like. I think you uh, mentioned a lot of stuff, but yeah. is there anything else you want to add on that? Yes, uh, what I love the most, but at the same time I dislike the most, is uh, the main idea behind the game. Uh, so the creator said, breaking the convention of Zelda games. Uh, this is my favorite thing about the game, but, but at the same time, uh, the thing I hate the most about it uh, so I know it's a Zelda game, it feels like a Zelda game, but at the same time I feel like it's not a Zelda game, which is very strange. Uh, Do you think there's something missing? And if so, what it is? Maybe I'm just too used to have linear, like something... So you do an action, and then you have to do the other one, and then the other one, and then the other yeah, one. Yeah, super and then you have linear. A, yeah, that's it, super linear story, and then I'm kind of quite used to it because there's a story and then you need those chapter that fits together as for this game uh like since you can do whatever you want right from the beginning like if i wanted to start with uh they strongly uh ask you or they strongly recommend you to go first uh beat uh, the, uh varuta which is the, the elephant but if i wanted i could start with uh vanaburis or anything so there's nothing like, and at the end everything will just fit together. Um, and it's and it's a bit like my own my only experience with Majora's Max is was a bit of that right. That was a game criticized by its kind of linear-ish storyline where Majora's Mask. Yes. No. Really? No. That's that's Majora's Mask. Either you love it or either you hate it. Yeah, but. From what I remember, and especially when I started to play on it, I was I was reading on it, and people were saying like, yeah, either they love the quest so much that they just want to do the quest and maybe ignore a bit of the typical storyline, or they just want to play the storyline. It's a bit hard because you need to do some quests. Yeah, that's it. That's and why that, I hate the game. And that's why that's why I meant by is linear-ish storyline is. Okay. You need to go on the left and then come back on the right and then go back to the left and then you can do two step forwards. I think that game in general is just so different that the idea of linearity in that game doesn't really exist because yeah. of the format of the game. Yeah. It's just very strange. No, but that's true. And I think I think my point still applies. And 
there's maybe on that note on for Majora's Mask, there's like no linearity at all, but here it's kind of linear-ish. Let's put it this way. I, I would disagree with that entirely, just because okay. of the fact that. Uh, I I don't really want to say too much because I'm afraid I'll steal notes from uh, from Tony, but this is very much a reimagining of the original Zelda game That's where it. yeah. it's basically like, you know how people said when Steve Jobs released the iPad, it's basically what his vision for the Mac was the whole time, except he couldn't actually do it because technology wasn't as far as he could. Like, this is the original Zelda expressed in how they probably originally imagined it yeah. Except in 2017 technology, now That's that it. the technology is here. That's and it. I think it deserves a lot of respect for nailing it and for being very good at doing that. It's just, it's not something I want to play. But but uh, as you said, Yannick, it's it's something that I wanted to talk later on. But it's, I have the same feeling as when I was playing the very first Zelda. Uh, it's the exact same thing. So you can go anywhere you want, but uh, with certain limit, obviously for the first Zelda game. But you have the same feeling. Uh, interesting thing is that when they designed the game, Breath of the Wild, they did it uh, in 2D version first, and then they put the 3D in action. It's just to see how they would fit everything together. And the way they build the game, the reason why it's so different from every other Zelda games is that every other Zelda games, the way they were building it, is that they decide, okay, we have this dungeon, fire dungeon, okay. Then we have the water dungeon, and then we have the forest, and then you have all these different pieces, and then let's find a way to connect them together. As this time around, it's totally different. They decide to build the universe first, and then they decide to make the story inside of the universe itself, which is very, very different from the previous game right before Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword, I really like the, I like the game. I, I, I cannot say that I dislike the game. The only thing I hated about this one is that we have three main regions, but they do not connect between each other. So let's say I'm going to the forest region. I was not allowed to go to the fire region or to the desert region because there's no link between each of them. So I really had to go back in the sky and then jump on the other section. Uh, and this thing annoys me so much. Um, regarding that point again, where you said like that part of the game, you love it and hate it at the same time. Is there anything else that you kind of disliked in the game? Um, well, it's pretty much just the story. It's disconstructed. And then you have to, like, as you go through the game, you have to put the pieces together. Like one, one part of the game is to uh, uh, find your memory back, your memories back. So in the Sheikah Slate, you have pictures of places across Iroh, and then you need to go to those specific places to regain those memories. Uh, the quest in itself is very interesting because I really, really, really wanted to get them all. Uh, I only have one memory left to find, and, and it's in the middle of a Hyrule castle where we see all the guardians and all the demons Whatever, it's almost impossible to get. It's very, very, very difficult. And, like, I have my mind fixed that in the next week, I need to go and get this memory back. Uh, and, like, every time you get the memory, uh, you have a cutscene activating. Uh, and those cutscenes, this annoys me to, like, like crazy. And I realized after I, I did, like, maybe more than half of the, those memories... I've been playing on TV and on the gamepad on and off. 
and then every time I would get to a memory, I was on the TV. You get the subtitle at the bottom, but if you if you play on the TV, there's no voice, there's no voice acting at all. But if you play on the gamepad, you have the voice. Like I don't know if it's just me or I don't know what happened, but like that sounds like a bug. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, because I was about to say the same. Sounds like a weird I bug. I was so upset when I realized that every time I was on my gamepad, like I had the voices, and like when I was playing on the TV, there's no voice at all, and I I, I got on my nerves so bad. Um, and do you don't do you know if there's a way to kind of re see those uh, cutscenes, or it's kind of uh, YouTube? Uh, okay, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, and that's that brings me to one of the other points. I'm just going to finish with the memories. Uh, as I said at the beginning, I was very annoyed at first by Zelda's voice. And then uh, after playing and almost getting all the memories, you get to love this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at okay. first she was getting on my nerves so bad and I hated the design of Zelda like crazy at first, okay? Like, pants? What's this? She's a princess. She doesn't have to wear pants. And then you get the story and everything. And then you get to love her because there's not only one dimension to her. There, There's like multi uh, faces, m- multiple aspects to this character. And you get to love, love her so much and you get to accept what you need to do. And like, I, I, this is only my personal things. Like, Maybe someone else will disagree with this, but for me personally, like I got to lo- love the story more and more every time I would get like a piece of information about her. And right now I can say that she doesn't get on my nerve anymore. Uh, and I really, really, really love the design and like she's something so special, so different from all the other games. And that's that's uh, something I really, really, really love about voice acting. Do you think that it hurts the game that the memories are sort of optional and that people might miss them? Um, yes. I think I think they should have like kept it like in the main story that you need those to progress, but they are only part like they are part of the story. If you want to to play the game without the story and just do the shrines and then do the four dungeon and then go beat Ganon, okay, you can do it like there's no point, I think, because the memories are part of the story and you, you get to know what really happened 100 years before. And then you understand why the kingdom fell and everything. So, uh, yeah, the characters, like every uh, NPC character you meet through the game, they have something special, a personality that they we had before in other games. But in this one, there's something just different um, about it. Um, and... The thing I hate the most about the game, like this is the thing I hate the most, is that I that I cannot have multiple save. Oh really? Uh, Only one. Oh, and something it it was something that you used to do in the past with other games, right? Yeah. Well, I I'm like this. I really like multiple slot because um I can start a game, go very far away, and then learn from my mistake, and then start fresh, and then play and then start the third one and then be perfect on the third one <laughs> and it's it's funny because i think it's a like your perfect strategy on pokemon you do that all the time right oh yeah but you do that by buying different copies of the game yeah well i all i always buy two copies and then i play one 
from uh, beginning to the end and then the second one I will just play over and over and over except the two last version because they suck <laughs> okay wow, that, we that agree could, <laughs> yeah, that could be a different episode but okay yeah. Well, let's not go too far in Pokemon. I, I think I'm not a fan anymore just because of those games. Whoa, anyway, okay, whoa. I, I also whoa. agree. <laughs> oh my, okay. Whew, okay, that uh, went out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, anyway. uh, can I just add a, a question for Tony? Yes. Of course. Okay, so there has been a lot of debate on the internet about the weapon durability system. What is your opinion on it? <laughs> Every time my weapon break mid-fight... I want to break my head or break the Wii U. <laughs> so for, for people who are not aware, well, I guess this is a spoiler section, so you're supposed to be aware. But uh, basically, you can hit enemies like maybe like six times with your weapon and then it breaks. Yeah. yeah. And it's fucking stupid. And the problem yes. is like, you if you just view the video game as usage of resources, it's almost never worth fighting in the game because yeah. you're not going to get a good reward at the end anyway. So you should just yeah. run past everyone and not fight, which sort <laughs> of turns me off because I'm a fan of combat in action games. That's and if you're telling doing. me, like, run, it's so fucking stupid. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fighting when it's time to fight. I'm a peaceful guy, so just I fight when it's necessary. So never. No, the the trick is you bring the chicken next to the enemy, and then he hits <laughs> the chicken and he this. dies. That's I've seen so many different things that I want to try. Like if you take the Octorok, uh belly inflating things, and you find a um, a what's the name uh, a boat, you can put like the the inflating things on the boat. Yeah, they yeah, will, yeah. They will. They will inflate, and then you can start to fly with the boats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I- I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Donkey's video, which f- showcases a bunch of crazy shit you can do in Zelda, it's, which is hilarious. It's crazy. I know, I know. I've been, I, I, really, I, I really need to try the chicken one. <laughs> uh, it looks so fun to do. Uh, so, yeah, where are we? Like yeah, I, I think now. no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm keeping traffic. So uh, I think you mentioned most of what you dislike, uh, unless you want to tackle or Yannick want to tackle anything else regarding um, the storyline and comparing it with other games or any other miscellaneous point. I would uh, invite us to then move to why should we buy the game? I know it's a bit late for that, but Yannick would put the marker on that for me. I'm uh, giving you some art job this week, Yannick. We're putting another marker inside the spoiler section. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But, I'll try uh, to remember. Yes, I'll I'll make you make you remember. But uh, I think the reason why I wanted to do it this way is uh, maybe might be a bad idea, but still, like, why should we buy the game again, right? Or why should you buy the game? So, if so, are we out of the spoiler zone? Maybe I'll I'll mix up in my notes, but that's okay. It happens. Are we out? Because if we are out, I just have something to say now. Zelda dies at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what happens. Okay, okay. But then, <laughs> then I'm all mis- mixed up in my notes. And do you have anything else to add for uh, storylines or stuff like that? Nope. Okay. Um, there's something I want to tackle that is super interesting. Is uh, People are really enjoying the game. And they started to work on a part of the game on the PC, because I think it's something that Yannick mentioned uh, a bit in the episode where, um, before we start talking maybe about uh, your experience with the Switch, because I think uh, I want uh, us to end us on that. 
um, your experience, your limited experience with the Switch. Because uh, two, three episodes ago, Yannick did uh, an episode about the Switch at the Japanese pre-launch Japanese. event. I would call it this yes. way. The Nintendo Switch Taiken Kai. Thank you, Yannick. But yeah, so there's a project right now for people to port Zelda to the PC. Okay, so I, I need to butt in because every okay. single time someone makes a Nintendo fan game, it ends the same exact way. Nintendo sends a DMCA takedown and they stop development. Except Nintendo is sort of a dick, so they wait until it's done to send the DMCA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened numerous times over the years, and anyone okay, who thinks this time is going to be different is stupid. Uh, I, I'm not saying it would be different. I'm just saying it's an interesting fact because also they're uh, reporting right now that they are able to have better performance than the Wii U. Okay, so, but I, I'm going to say that this project is not worth doing for the very simple reason that uh, CEMU, which is the current Wii U emulation uh Which they standard, are using, by the way. Oh, then it's not really a port. It's just like modifying the emulator to optimize for Zelda. I guess it is. Okay, then, that's never what, uh, mind. Kind of... uh, I thought you were talking about something different. No, I, that's what uh, Eurogamer is reporting right now. And it's, uh, I think they are, oh, you're right, I think they are optimizing uh, CEMU to uh, give b- uh, the gamers better performance than what we have with the Switch and uh, the Wii U. So it's, a, uh, it's something that I've uh, run into uh, recently and I find it interesting. Of course, it's uh, mainly interesting with because of what Yannick just said, because... Nintendo has uh, in the past done that a lot to uh, fan um, projects. But this isn't a fan game. Since it's emulation, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything to it because, I mean, like, they're much harsher on people infringing on their copyright infringement when it's uh, something original because they don't want people to make games that aren't up to the standard of Nintendo's brand. Oh, that's interesting. So that was my only miscellaneous uh, notes regarding uh, the game. I have one. I just remembered. Go on. The freaking season pass. What's this? <laughs> oh, that's Welcome true. to games. Nintendo yes. hasn't done this forever, but we've been dealing with this for like six years or well, something. Well, I, I've been, I purchased the DLC for uh, Mario Kart. I was not disappointed at all. First of all, because I could get uh, Link as a character and I could get some stuff from The Legend of Zelda and I would have a brand new race set in Hyrule. This I'm not disappointed at all, but like all the other freaking thing they added inside of the, this DLC for Mario Kart, I was not disappointed at all. But like I'm looking at the DLC season pass, whatever they call it, for the Breath of the Wild and I can stop myself from being disappointed. I, I don't care of having a chest finding a chest in the game where I could get a red shirt with the Switch logo on it. I'm playing the freaking Wii U version. You know what would have been hilarious is if the Wii U version gave you a Wii U shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here just had price. Like, wah, a Wii U wah. t-shirt. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so the only, interesting f- the only interesting thing for me about those DLCs would be the original story, whatever they want to add in December. The only down thing for me, whatever, uh, would be that I would have to purchase all the season passes, whatever. Oh yeah, and and it's I think thirty freaking dollars just because I want to have like maybe ten more minutes of story. 
Yeah, and I think Nintendo is kind of catching up on everybody for that, like Yannick mentioned. Uh, uh, we went away a bit from like uh, like all of those like online codes, and then now the the thing of today is season passes. So you don't have DLC for each part; you just uh, get a season pass, which you get everything. So they get they can get more money out of you, and hopefully, uh, what it means is more content. But I think Yannick mentioned in. in uh, last uh, our last episode where we talked a bit about the season pass going away on the division that some people are having varied success on season pass these days if you're not like i would say uh call of duty or big like shooter games uh, your success with season pass can vary by a lot well i think in those cases like because they're multiplayer games you sort of have to buy the season pass otherwise you're sort of segmenting off a huge bunch of the users Whereas for single-player games, like, you aren't really, like, a season pass is mostly, well, I'm a fan of this game and I want more of this game, so I will pay for it. Uh, whether they give you something that's actually worth what you're paying is totally subjective. Uh, the other thing about the season pass that uh, reminded me of something I wanted to say is Breath of the Wild is sort of unique uh, in Nintendo's game lineup right now because it seems like the game that was the most inspired by other games and i'm not saying that it copied any games but nintendo tends to be very very insular when they're designing games and only looking at what they have put out and not really paying attention to what else is on the market and i think like you can find direct influences of like minecraft the witcher and other games inside of uh breath of the wild that maybe those elements wouldn't have been exactly the same if those games hadn't made such a an influence on the development team yeah Good, so I finally found what I wanted to say like uh, five minutes ago is any final thoughts before we move to the mini, the Switch Mini topic? Yes, I just want to complain again about the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you purchase the thing, like there's a hero mode, like, okay, and hero mode is supposed to be more difficult. What the fuck? The game is already difficult by itself. <laughs> like, why would I want, like, why would I pay for the game to be harder to beat. A lot of my friends who are very into Dark Souls right now are waiting until that mode comes out to play the game because they want to get their asses kicked hard. And I was yeah, about maybe it would be fun to, to try it once. And I was about to say, about to say something about uh, like any like games like for a good example of that is uncharted right when you play the game once you unlock other modes and those modes are super popular when i start to replay the last of us that's what i did right i think i was playing at normal level and i started oh this time let's go to art just for the sake of it right i know the story so i can concentrate more on the gameplay and game actions of the game so it's fun but would i pay 30 dollars more for that I know some people will, and that's why Nintendo is charging for it. Yeah. And just before we go to the other section, I remember you saying, Yannick, uh, that when you played uh, Wind Waker at the end, you just got annoyed by finding those, like, I think it's 17 pieces? Whatever. It's very long to find. Yes, I remember. <laughs> build, build the Triforce. Uh, if, you, if you play the Wii U version, you don't have to do this, or almost not... Uh, I think they they cut it yeah. to three pieces or four pieces, and they and they did something amazing, a fast sale. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing because like as much as I love this game, I hated it so much because it was so long traveling from 
one island to the other with this freaking slow sail. Yep. Anyway, we can go to the switch. Good. So Let's switch. Yep. Um, so you were able to use a. Uh, somebody's switch and play the legend zelda but here i want maybe to move away from the zelda game and maybe talk about your uh current opinion about the switch and your current experience with it so you were able to uh, play with it a bit and enjoy the joy con and like all of it so what is your current current kind of thoughts about the switch do you want to know what my heart thinks or my head thinks <laughs> uh I- I want to say both, but I think I know what your arts will say. And I want it now. Yes. Like, I, I don't care the problems, whatever people say. I just want it now, 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 right now. My head, just say, you're freaking poor, so don't buy it. That's the only reason against. <laughs> fair, yeah. fair. Uh, but, like, I was thinking more about, like, what did you like in the, the like, couple of, uh, maybe, uh, ten, that's I, you could, play- I could play it in the freaking metro in the morning and not be bored for 35 minutes to get to work yeah that's something super i could could play zelda everywhere ah that's true is that a feature or a bug (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's zelda it's it's life life is important so whatever oh well i think we'll we'll end on that quote what yes unless you want to add anything else about the switch you said like life, Zelda is life. Life is life. So well, then on that. Yeah. Well, I cannot live live without Zelda. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. I've got engaged to Link a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, come on! You, you caused a disaster on Facebook. I know. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I love God. drama. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I think we'll we'll end on that. Which uh, okay. Cool. So, uh, if you want the show notes for this episode, you can go to limitlesspossibility.net slash sixty. Wow, episode 60, time flies. Uh, yep. <laughs> you can find all of the show notes for all of our episodes at LimitlessPossibility.net. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at Limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Nicolivier at Lucanouche. That's L-U-C-C-O-N-O-U-C-H-E. And we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks, and we'll thank Tony for uh, this special episode of Zelda. Yep, thank Thank you you for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Bye.